Well, hey, everybody, welcome to Enough for Today for Tuesday, June the 14th. Thanks for joining me. We're in Psalm 50, and if you haven't taken this journey with us all the way through this psalm, you really need to. You really just need to go back to the first and track along because it is rich. We have, we have um, really unfolded a lot of depth, a lot of theology here that really bolsters us and gives us a, a, an accurate framework of who God is, what his word is telling us from start to finish. Um, and it's just on every page and every line, you can't miss it, but you've got to know what God is saying in terms of defining these words and terms so that you get the sense of it. Now we left off yesterday with God saying, worship me in sincerity and thanksgiving and let it be organic. Thanks. Let it be an uncontrived thanks. Uh, and an uncontrived desire to, to, to pay vows to the Most High, to worship Him in sincerity, and to make promises to Him because He's worthy of your devotion, and to keep those promises because you love Him. And He kicks it up a notch in verse 15, and it's, it's in a string of, okay, remember the, the theme of the, of the psalm is reproving, erring worship. They had diminished God to being performance-based, works-based, if we give him enough blood and flesh from the bulls and goats of our household, then he'll be good to us. And God said, you're going through the motions, but you're missing the heart. This is the essence of this psalm. So he calls them back to the heart. What is the heart? Offering from a heart of thanksgiving, true thanksgiving, a heart that's captivated by the, what are you thankful for? You, 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 thankfulness rises up when someone is exceedingly good to you in a way that you don't feel worthy of, okay? So when somebody is generous to you, you naturally want to say thank you. So no one is more generous to you than God. He's extravagant and lavish in his love, which compels thanksgiving. It compels a return love that wants to make and keep promises in honor of the Most High, verse 14. And then in verse 15, God continues the correctional flow. He says, not only offer me with thanksgiving, not only make promises, vows, and, and, and see me as the most high and honorable thing in your life, but verse 15, and call upon me in the day of trouble. Hey, you need me. So approach me, call upon me, see me as accessible, See me as your deliverer, your redeemer, your caregiver. See me as your safety, as your refuge, um, your provider, your protector, and call on me. Have you ever had a friend tell you that? Call on me. Uh, if a friend says to you, pay me $100 a day and then call on me anytime, day or night, you're not all that impressed because the availability of your friend is conditional. It's conditional upon you paying for access. You're paying contractually, essentially. You're, you've come into an agreement. I'll pay you $100 a day. You'll be on call for me if I need you. If I'm in trouble, you'll be there. And your friend says, yeah, as long as you're paying me, I'm going to be available to you. That is not what God is saying in the psalm, but that's what many people believe God is. He's available to me as long as I'm giving him thanks and offerings and keeping my vows. And if he's, if I'm not doing that, then he's not available to me. That is not the sense of this. The sense of this is you've, number one, lost the wonder of gratitude, of how generous God is to you, what he's saying to his people. You've lost 
uh, the experiential wonder that would provoke you to be thankful. You've lost the relational wonder that would provoke you to devotion. When you read uh, Vow to Me, you're reading devotion, a willing-hearted devotion, okay? And you've lost the sense of who I am to you in terms of your help, okay? So in verse 14, reverse the idea of thanksgiving. God wants to lavish you with generous provision that would provoke you to be thankful. He wants to care for you and direct you uh, in a way that would provoke you to, to render willing-hearted devotion. God, I'm committing my whole life to you. I vow my life to you. Why? Because he's so directing and caregiving and protecting in your life. And he wants uh, to give you such protection and deliverance and accessibility that you call on him. Okay. He wants you to call on him when you're in trouble. Now, what happens when you call on God when you're in trouble? Well, he says it here. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee. Now, a couple of things we can draw from this that are really important, again, to our understanding of God and the journey of the Christian faith and what it means to follow him. Okay, first it means we're going to have some trouble. <laughs> okay, because you can't call on God in the day of trouble if you don't get into trouble. Okay, so we're going to have trouble in this life. And Jesus said, in this life, in this world, in the world, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world means we're going to have some trouble. It means we're going to endure some trouble, okay? Because um, God doesn't say, I will instantly deliver you. I will immediately deliver you. I will not let you experience the trouble. No, the sense of this is that we're going to have some trouble and we're going to experience some trouble and we're likely going to endure some trouble. And again, that's borne out not only in the stories of God's followers throughout scripture and history, but also in the admonitions of the New Testament. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, okay? Um, we um, faint not um, knowing that our labor is not in vain. Um, we might be cast down, but we're not forsaken. Uh, we're in, in all things tempted, but we're, we're not going to grow. I'm, I'm mashing a bunch of scriptures together. I'm just trying to grab them extemporaneously. Uh, we're not going to grow weary in well-doing, okay? Why? Because we're going to we're going to get into some trouble. We're going to experience some trouble. We're going to endure some trouble. So the, the promise here is not, this is the way to avoid all trouble. No. God says, when you're in that day of trouble, experiencing, enduring, feeling that trouble, call on me and I will deliver you. Now, let's talk about what it means to be delivered because there's at least three senses to this idea of deliverance, okay? Delivered in, delivered from, or delivered forever, like ultimate, okay? Delivered in means God meets me in my trouble and sustains me. He provides for me. He strengthens me. He gives me daily grace, daily mercy. His mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, okay? He walks with me through the trouble, so deliverance in is a very legitimate uh, kind of deliverance that God brings to me in days of trouble. Because sometimes when I say, get me out of trouble, okay, Paul said, remove this thorn from me. And God says, no, my grace is sufficient for you. So deliverance in trouble, deliverance from trouble, 
um, Daniel in the lion's den. First, he had to face the trouble. He's in the trouble. God shuts the mouths of the lions, and then he delivers him from the trouble. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the fiery furnace. I could go on and on and on, but bring it into your life. Bring it into my life. So I had cancer 11 years ago. God delivered me in the trouble because He gave. it was a one-year battle and then a couple years of returning to full strength and health. So honestly, it was about a three-year journey start to finish. Um, so deliverance in the trouble was he was with me. He gave me daily grace and some hard days, some dark days, but comfort and compassion and pity and understanding and provision and protection and care. He provided good health care. He provided lots of loving friends. He provided his presence. He provided his word. I could go on and on and on in the ways that God delivered me in trouble. Don't discount that, my friend. That is truly um, one of the marvelous things that God does in the Christian life, delivers us in trouble. But then there's the deliverance from trouble, and that's the one we always want, okay? That's the one that's like, get me out of this mess. And, you know, eventually he does. Um, eventually, he, I mean, I, I can't begin to tell you the stories because there are just so many to count of God's deliverance. Eventually, it's like a tunnel or a storm. The tunnel, you get through it. The storm, it passes by. But in the darkness of that, it feels like it's forever. But then the sun shines again and the fog lifts. It could be a time of discouragement or depression or depletion, and all of a sudden it lifts, and God renews your strength, Isaiah 40. Um, it could be many other forms, but God delivers us from. That's what we always want, but remember this, because he's delivering you in instead of from, doesn't mean he's not delivering you, doesn't mean he isn't active, it doesn't mean he loves you any less or he's not hearing your prayer. He says, call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee. Deliver thee where? In the day of trouble, okay? So, when you call on God, just know by faith he is active in your day of trouble. So delivering from, delivering in trouble, delivering from trouble. And then I can hear some of you thinking, well, what, Carrie, what about the person I know that called to God for deliverance and they died? Or called to God for deliverance and it got worse. They lost their job. They lost something. They lost something ultimate. Well, then there's the ultimate deliverance, Okay. So what happens if God didn't heal me from cancer? Then he delivered me ultimately. Okay, now, not that I was eager to die or that my family was eager to lose me. I hope not. But, um, but that is a very legitimate deliverance that God says, okay, your journey, your arduous toil, your hard work, your endurance of trouble is over and I'm bringing you home. And you wake up in his presence. That is ultimate deliverance. And really, that's the deliverance that all of us will experience eventually, finally and ultimately. And so, my friend, God says, uh, my relationship with you in sincere worship, sincere worship is born out of genuine thanks. It's born out of genuine devotion. Offer unto God thanksgiving, gratitude, and pay thy vows unto the Most High, devotion, and call upon me in the day of trouble, desperation. God says, yes, I'm here in your trouble. And when you call on me in trouble, that's a form of genuine worship. And I respond to that. I will deliver thee. And here's the outcome. Thou shalt glorify me. Now, I just, this is just so sweet. It's so full. It's so rich. It's so wonderful. Here's the outcome of your trouble. If you will go through your trouble with thanks, with devotion, with um, the upward call of, of God, help me, God, deliver me. Eventually, 
you're going to be telling the story of how God proved, manifested himself, true, present, active in your life, um, how God, you're going to have a story to tell about how God held you. Like I just told you about my cancer, how he held you, how he walked with you, how he proved himself real. Your faith is going to grow. And as a result, you're going to glorify God. Your story magnifies him, gives him a good name and makes other people want to know him like you do. This is beautiful worship. This is authentic worship. It is born out of true thanksgiving. It is born out of true organic devotion. It is born out of true trouble, but calling in faith to God for deliverance in, from, and ultimately out of that trouble. And in that you glorify him. He is pleased by this kind of worship. So God has course corrected us. He said, I don't need more of your stuff. I need more of your heart. And what you need is a more organic experience of true love, the love of God, which produces love for God. We'll park it here. We'll pick it up tomorrow. Happy Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow.